This administration to wage war anytime, anywhere, anyhow it pleases. We did not authorize war without end. We the people. We did not authorize. 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 Hideouts. and J-Dubs. All right, let's do this damn thing. Welcome into your hideout, 106.7 WJFK. I am El Jefe. That's J-Dub. Turn your mic on. Dubs is broken. Oh, wait, I was out of program. Nice. Epic. Dubs is a nationally syndicated star, and his mic wasn't in program. Hey, uh, welcome into the show. How is everyone doing tonight? Um, a jam-packed show for you as we have a ton of stuff to try to squeeze in because, um, as Ron would say, we're on a short porch this week as I go on vacation Friday, Dubs. And we got a lot of stuff to get in. We got some interviews. We got a ton of games. We got a ton of prizes to give away. In fact, uh, one of the prizes is the Human Stain movie on DVD starring uh, Anthony Hopkins and Nicole Kidman. Um, it's a mystery, The Human Stain, available on DVD and video, July 20th, rated R, restricted for language and sexuality slash nudity, from Miramax Home Entertainment. So, we're going to be playing the Hideout Human Stain game. That will happen a little later in the night, just to make sure that all of the children are asleep. So around midnight or so, it's going to be an opportunity to pick up on that DVD, plus anything else we have um, uh, prize-wise, including uh, the 7-Eleven uh, Super Big Gulp prize packs, things like this. Also, too, we want to encourage you um, to go to RadioHideout.com. I know a lot of the hardcores love it. They're con- they're constantly they're downloading everything that's available. They're uh, IMing us all the time on the AOL for broadband, and uh, they're you know, participating in the forums. And tell your friends about RadioHideout.com too, because it's it's one of those things we've set it up so that you could pass along just the link to, the, to your buddy. They could kind of get to know the show. They can hear some of the show. They can see some of the show with the video that we have on there, see some of the links that we have as far as guests go. So uh, I'm actually really proud of that website and uh, Bad Monkey and everybody that's kept it up and running. And also, too, the phone number is there. 866-277-4969, 866-277-4969. Keep the phone number handy whenever we do uh, end up playing a game you want to participate in and or... You can call any time at that as well. If you uh, want to throw in on one of the conversations that we're having, we more than welcome that. So, Dubs, uh, speaking of guests, we do have one coming up. Um, his name, I believe, is John Saffis from the Paranormal and Research Society of New England. 
having him on in a couple of minutes for two reasons. First of all, I got since an amazing trailer for two movies, The Exorcist, The New Beginning, and also this other movie called Saw. So uh, basically, um, this guy's going to talk to us about exorcisms. And the other reason I'm interested in this is because there was a guy in Wisconsin who is getting jail time because he accidentally, I guess, accidentally killed a kid while trying to perform an exorcism on him. And I'm fascinated with this stuff. I'm fascinated with demons. Is this stuff real or not? I, I, Are you sure you're trying to perform an exorcism or an excrementum? Nah, no, it was an exorcism. Although, he was a full-time janitor. Oh, and he, hey, my, my mom's in good company. <laughs> so he was doing the exorcisms on the side. So we'll check in with John. <laughs> All right. Here. I, my full-time job, you know, I'm a janitor, but part-time, I uh, perform exorcisms. I'll give you that story. I mean, I'm a jack of many trades. I'll give you that story when we talk to John Zanfis. <laughs> Was he trying to, like, uh, get them all cleaned out, uh, get the demon cleaned out of them with Drano? I'll tell you the story Okay. when we get there. Hey, speaking of cleaning out, I'm a little disappointed in myself, J-Dubs. Yeah? Normally, I like to think that I'm a good teacher. Normally, I think I'm a good coach. I let Mike O'Mara down. I don't know how, but he did the master cleanser once yesterday, said he was literally raw this morning, and he didn't go back. And I feel I, I I can't blame him. I was the one who encouraged him, and I mean, your area is used to that kind of abuse, and you can take uh, take the cayenne peppers running through there. But it's, Mike O'Mara is a very very uh, straight man, and he he's not used to that. Okay, first of all, that has nothing to do with it. Secondly, it is a little tough for the first couple of days, and there you are, you're tired, and you're just immediately trying to go for the Mo jokes. Um, no, I went for the janitor joke first. I thought that kind of laid flat. Uh, what else did I go for? You're 0 for 2. Now, let me say this, though. With O'Mara, I, he, he was depending on me, and he, I let him down. The only thing that I'm hoping, and it was kind of odd because it was like, you know, I spent 20 bucks out of my own pocket yesterday getting him all the materials, and today I saw him, and he, yesterday... He didn't have a 20. He just had big bills. Um, and he was trying to give me a big bill and say, hey, give me the change. I was like, no way. Just give me the 20 tomorrow. Well, lo and behold, I see him today. I can't ask him for the 20. <laughs> I, I don't have it in me to go, hey. I, well, at least ask for the materials back, and I'll do it. You think so? Yeah. I may, I may go to Rob A and just say, hey, can you get that 20 from Omera? Because I'm really poor, and I'm about to go on vacation. And I'd really like to spend that 20 bucks on tequila down on the river walk in San Antonio this weekend. Hey, they gave you a bottle of and vodka. That is true, and it was great. Yeah, and that's worth way more than 20 bucks. And then on the other hand, I kind of want to be the big guy. The guy that's like, yeah, you know what, don't worry, it's 20 bucks. It's yeah. a big deal. You know what I mean? But it really is a big deal. <laughs> $20 is huge to the hideout. I don't know if you know that. In, in fact, that's what some people are making uh, for working on this show tonight. We could, we could pay Bateman another day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna say that, but fine, whatever. Um, oh, hey, let me get your advice on something real quick, Dubs. So speaking of this, you know, the master cleanser, and you know, I, I carry. We could it, actually pay Punani. I get it in one of these little bottles. Yeah. That you mix it up in, and it never fails that when I'm getting out of my car at one thirty in the morning, I'm leaving the bottle in the car, and so I've always got to go back and make sure I've got it so that in the morning I can make my master cleanser. I've gotten into this horrible habit over about the last two and a half, three months of walking away from my car, wondering, A, did I roll my windows up? 
B, did I lock my doors? Going back, pulling on the handle to double check twice, walking away again, and then not trusting my my just my double checking a second ago. So walking back a third time now in the middle of the night to my car and checking just to make sure that I locked the door. You're really lucky you only have two doors. A four door. I worry about that a little bit more because I'm like I'm thinking, did anybody sit in the back today? Did I ever forget in the back? Cause I always forget. Right. To lock my back door back up. But see, you live in Falls Church. I live on the little dividing line between D.C. and Silver Spring, and I literally actually park my cars in uh, D.C. Yeah, I leave I leave my windows open all the time. Oh, well, you. I, I I don't worry about you and your '86 Cavalier. It's a 98, please. It looks like it should be 86. Yeah, it does. <laughs> That's a pimp ride in Fowlerville. But it my... was. It really was. It was a nice car back then. Because you had a CD player. Oh, yeah. I installed it myself. <laughs> so here's the thing. I'm now just, like, so worried about making sure that my doors are locked that it's driving my whole my whole life out of whack, if you would. You know what I mean? Where it... Parking my car and getting to my front door has literally become a seven-minute process. And I can't afford that. So I'm thinking, all right, look, there are issues with me. In fact, Rob, Rob, welcome into the hideout on WJFK. Hey, Robert, how you doing? Yo, bro. Hey, listen, I have a guy in my family who developed symptoms just like yours, and then he turned into a complete obsessive-compulsive, ended up having to seek psychiatric help and everything. So my call would be like, get this in check as quickly as you can. And the first, I mean, you're realizing that it's a problem already, so that's good. Right. But you start making rationalizations for why it's okay to keep people checking like this and blah, blah, blah. Before you know it, you're using a bar of soap once and throwing it away. You know what I'm saying? And that's not where you want to be. So I hear you. I, I, I should use a bar of soap once and uh, throw it away Rob. because I, I throw up between the pillow cheeks for about five minutes. All right. Nobody and, needed to know that. And after that, it's hard to get. It's even hard to get the soap bar clean again. Seriously, like my my steak is instilled in that thing. Okay, I got you. I got you the first go round. I'm making sure everybody else got me. Carl Face, you're in the hideout on JFK. Yo, bro. I was just gonna add to what that guy said. What you're describing is OCD. So it looks like you're starting to get another one, huh? Yeah, and and this isn't the first time either. I mean, I've had others as well, definitely. So well, it could be a little bit of an OCD. Thank you, buddy. San Antonio Riverwalk is one of my favorite places. Oh, it is. One of my earliest arrests was in San Antonio. I'm 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 banking on one this weekend with a hooker named Senorita. And a little tequila. We're going to share a warm, and it's going to be outstanding. Rico, you're in the hideout on JFK. Hey, buddy. Yeah, bro. Uh, I, I used to have that same problem, only I would check, like, my entire house, and it would take me about 20 minutes because oh, I would go through so many doors. I'm on this, too. Before I go to bed, i got to double-check and make sure the, the bolt's locked, and i got to make sure I didn't leave my keys in the door. So I have to scramble around to make sure that my keys are not in the door because I've done that. I actually did that a lot in Lansing where I'd be drunk and I'd stumble in and I'd leave oh, my yeah. keys in the door of my uh, oh, you know, on the outside of my apartment. Now, so, when you when you grew up, did you have, uh, like, did, was your mom big on making sure everything was locked? No. No. Nobody Cause, was. Because uh, at my house, we would never lock the doors. The windows would be down all the time. It didn't matter. We'd be gone for a full week. Nothing was locked. Now, here's the thing. You know why I think it all started? And here's why I'm beginning to think I'm not so paranoid. I'm seeing today. D.C. has this problem with juvenile car thefts. 
I, I don't know if you saw it over the weekend. Some kids went and they carjacked, and they ended up driving a car into a house in Northeast. So now Mayor Anthony Williams is like, hey, we got to get this under control. D.C. Mayor Anthony Williams. Oh. Yeah, there you go. So he's like, yeah, get all this in check. So we need we need law enforcement to step it up. we got to build community centers, et cetera, et cetera. And I think because he's seeing these stories on television all the time of the car dockings, the juvenile joyrides, which to me, they're a great thing. You don't F with a man's car. And you even know if your window get broken in. Oh, yeah. It's just something that you don't do. And at the same time as well, you feel the tremendous violation if somebody screwed with your car. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I definitely know what you mean. I'm, the thing is that e even if you do start locking your doors, do all these other things, it's not like your car has a great anti-theft system on it. Right. If a guy wants to steal your car, he's going to do it anyway. And, that, and see, that's what bugs me is because I've been violated before that way. Oh, okay. With the, with the car, because I don't know if I've ever told you story. I was in, uh, I think it was Shirley High School, and I had a Wrangler, 93D Wrangler. We went to go see Batman, or Batman Returns, one of those movies with my skinny girlfriend at the time. And so we go and watch it. It's horrible. I think it's one with Chris O'Donnell, or whoever he is. He was Bobbin, I believe. So anyway, we come out, and I'm going to my Jeep. Batman for And I'm sitting there, and I get a beautiful Jeep. It's black, it's 93, it's chromed out. It's something that a high, school, high schooler really shouldn't have, but we've already established that I'm, I'm spoiled. So I'm walking out and I see something on the side of my on my on my door, and I'm like, "What the hell is this?" And so then I walk closer. Somebody is keyed into the door of my Jeep. F U Jimenez, and it's keyed into the side of my Jeep. So then I'm like, "Well, you should have been such a prick in high school." Well, then well, that's what I'm thinking immediately. Like this person knew who I was, and so then I look in, and my brand new CD player is gone. Um, the two of my favorite CDs at the time are gone, which was Jodeci, Forever My Lady, and also Ice Cube Death Certificate. And they stole, stole, oh, yeah, a, those two go together. stole a bottle of my obsession. And I was like, I was sitting there, and I was so angry. First of all, I got pissed off at my chick because she made us go see Batman. And I wanted to go to the afternoon showing, but she was late, so we had to go to the night showing. And so I'm like punching my car door calling her a skank because she was late and because she was late i ended up getting my car messed away you can't blame it on her and another thing you you get one of those jeeps the easiest thing in the world to break into and mess with you ha it's almost like all right i know it's easy i know someone's probably going to do it i'm just going to accept that when i buy it Right. Yeah, you have to accept that. And you cannot get mad when someone does it. I can accept that. It's the king F. U. Jimenez into the side of the door that pisses me off. It, 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 obviously, it was someone you knew, or did you have some stuff in there with your name written on it? Did you? Were you one of those dickweeds that would uh, write your name on all your CDs so when your friends would borrow them, no, they would know whose it was? No, that wasn't me. Okay. But I was. I did have stuff, and I'm. I was I used to be real bad about this, about leaving valuable stuff in that Jeep. I mean, I'd leave I'd I'd be stupid and leave my wallet in there and just like, you know, run off or you know, sometimes in school I'd leave hundreds of dollars worth of baseball equipment. That's something I always never understood about you. You always leave either your keys out or and you lose them or your wallet. And also my I don't carry a wallet anymore. Yeah, you have a, a clip. I hate to have stuff in my pockets. I've n I, I just feel naked if my wallet is not in my back pocket. I can't do it, man. I feel like I'm being weighted down. And I, I got my wallet stolen from me before, so now I wear a chain on it. Very white trashy. I would never do it before I got my wallet stolen, but after I got my wallet stolen, I wore a chain, too. I also have a bad habit of leaving my cell phone out. 
I just I can't be cluttered down with these things in my pockets. No matter you know, no matter how much I've got, I just, I just can't keep it in my pockets. And the other thing that I remember too about car stealing and these car thefts is apparently this is a huge problem, especially Northeast. You know where the where the mayor's getting on it and Chief Ramsey's all over this. The um the, one of the big things though was I remember being a kid being in downtown Dallas and my dad had this yellow Camaro that he loved. He loved this Camaro. And we came out, and he was a high school basketball coach. We came out from one of his games in the Dallas uh, Fair Park uh, yards, and it was gone. And he was so pissed. And he was, he, was, he was so angry beyond all belief. And that was the first time that I looked into my father's eyes and saw, like, him being violated almost. And saw the hurt in his eyes and the anger in his eyes. Did he start crying? Um, he didn't start crying, no, but... Because I don't think my dad's capable of crying, but it was it was anger beyond anything that I'd ever seen before. Anger from fear, you know, anger from hate of having your car stolen. I mean, if your car was jacked, would you be upset about it? Um, yeah, just for the immediate uh, inconvenience it would cause me. Not for the long term. I can get another car. Cause like I but got the immediate thing of me not having a ride to where I'm going next right. would piss me off. Hmm. That would be the only thing. Alright, Yo says you are so effing self important, that's why you have bad OCDs. That's true. That might have a, a lot to do with it. What do you mean? Explain that. What do you mean by being self important? You you worry about yourself a lot. You worry about your own comfort. Mm -hmm. You worry about a lot of these things that really don't matter a whole lot, you know, in the end. In the grand scheme of things, the car doesn't matter. Right. You can get a new car. Mm -hmm. You know, why do you care if, you know, if you forgot to lock it and it gets stolen or something happens to it? The immediate inconvenience, yeah, would piss me off. But beyond that, it's not that big of a deal. So you're saying that people... Everything's would... replaceable and you shouldn't be all, you know, worried and worried if it's locked. Because your, your safety isn't really an issue there. If your car's not locked. So people with OCDs then are self-absorbed and no, self-important? Not, not, not completely. Like, I, I can see you being worried if your own door's locked in your house. Right. Because then you're worried about your own safety. But if you're worried about your car being locked while it's out there, it's not that big of a deal. Hmm. I mean, I would just shake that off. I'm trying, man. But then I see what's going on in D.C. Yeah, it's a car. And here... let, it, let some kid take it and ride into a wall. I do need a new car, yeah. actually. I'm sick of being in a civic nation. <laughs> Whatever the hell that is. <laughs> and then I'm afraid, too, to leave my car at my apartment when I'm going on vacation for seven days. I'm tempted to leave it up here. Can I leave it with you? Yeah, you can leave it. Uh, not at my place, though. Don't Maybe. show it? Yeah. And that's the other thing. That's why, remember that one night before the old Saturday night show my car got towed? Yeah. And I was so angry. Again, I felt like I had been violated because... I believe that, that tow, tr tow truck drivers, in my opinion, are car thieves. In fact, we've got a guy that rolls around now. He um, he repossesses cars, so technically he's stealing them back. Yeah, but that's understandable. A guy doesn't pay his bill. He's, he doesn't rightfully own that car anymore. So almost the other guy's stealing the car, and he's just taking it back to the rightful owner. Now, did you ever steal your, uh, your parents' car or anything like that when you were a young kid? No, I used to steal my friend's car all the time, though. Me and BJ would steal our friend's cars all the time because... Our friends were stupid, and they would have a spare key, like, in this little, um, all of them would have this little, um, 
like magnet thing that you put underneath yeah. the car, and everyone knew where they were at. And we would just go, we'd take it, run all the gas out of it, take it back there at the end of the night. They'd come out next day. And one time, we actually had the car break down while we stole it. And we were so pissed because we had to, we had friends that could fix cars, and they came out that night and fixed it, and we took it back. And he didn't know the whole time? No. I had a buddy who used to do this in high school. He had just turned 16, and he was the one who could drive. And so what he would do is, you know how the garage door openers, they're all, you know, they're electric or, yeah. you know, the whole thing, they were hooked up. He would manually lift the garage door, then put in the key and put it in neutral, have us push the car out of the garage and down the street so that he would then start the car down the street and we'd go out joyriding, partying for like an hour, two hours, and then end up coming at, you know, come back and uh, parking it, and then again, putting it in neutral, manually bringing up the garage door, and shoving it back into the garage. Those are the good old days, man. Yeah. I remember that stuff. Hefe Soul, you're in the hideout on JFK. Hefe, you there? Great name. Hold on a second. Let's try over here. Uncle Ryan, you're in the hideout on JFK. What's up, fellas? Yo, yo, bro. yo. How y'all doing? Good, man. Good. On topic, uh, two things real quick. First one, I got a little OCD in me as well. And uh, the alarm clock. And I'm the kind of guy who has to have the alarm clock away from my bed. Otherwise, I'll abuse the snooze. I got you. And, uh, like, literally. Uh, and once you're in bed and you're comfortable, you don't want to get up. Mm -hmm. But I would check my alarm clock, like, five times before I'm comfortable with it. Dude, I'm right there. i got to make sure especially that I can't be late. Yeah. There's no way I can be late. I have to get up. And so you're right, I'll double-check three, four times. The other thing that I'm real bad about, too, Dubs, I always, like, i got to use the restroom right before I'm going to do anything. Well, the... I, I think you should because you have to use the bathroom every 45 minutes. Easy. You know why, though? I don't think it's for a bladder problem. I think it's more of, i got to do this before we start the segment. No. i got to do this before we start the movie. No, because you always go, and but, you always go a lot. But that's why. What yeah. else did you have, Uncle Ron? Uh, uh, I just thought of this, too, uh, and then I'll go into his only comment on it. But the other thing, too, is I always order a tall glass of water with my beer. Right. But I never take one sip of it, ever. And the last thing, opposite of you, when I, I don't have a car right now, but when I did, I would always leave, and I would get so much crap for it, but I would leave my car keys on the on the driver's seat. <laughs> Everywhere I went, I would just leave the keys there, and people were like, are you crazy? And my windows rolled down, and people were like, your car's going to get stolen. I did it for seven years. 90% of the time, I left my keys on the driver driver side. Never got jacked? Never got jacked, never got anything. I think people would think that's a setup. You know, there's no way it's going to be this exactly. easy. Exactly, and Hester, I recommend you try doing that. It'll overcome your fears. <laughs> no way, but thank you. Seriously, I want you to do that tonight. There's no way it's Come not going to happen. Come on, this will be fun. No, I'm not interested. You want an adventure? Try sleeping with I don't phone. want an adventure. Do it. F.A. on. you're in the hideout on JFK. What's up? Hey, what's going on? Yo, bro. Uh, we're in the gym one time, and uh, my truck got towed. And uh, so, you know, my buddy are walking over because the tow truck place is pretty close. And uh, so we're walking over there. We're all pissed off. We're talking about how we're going to beat the dude's ass when we get over there. And we walk in the door, and, like, there's a six-foot, seven, 400-pound tow truck driver. We're like, yeah, we got the green best tent out there. Uh, <laughs> if they have that back, please. I mean, I'm 6'5", 220, and I'm telling you, like, if you ever look at any tow truck driver, they're all huge, and I think that's the reason why. 
Yeah, gotta be. Speaking of huge guys, did you see the video of uh, Danzig? On the internet, I've, I I saw it, but I didn't click on it. Him getting his ass whooped. It, it's hilarious. Uh, he's uh, fighting with some bouncer about I don't know the show not getting started on time, and the bouncer's like saying we aren't we can't start yet, we can't start yet. So Danzig pushes this huge guy, huge fat guy, and uh, he doesn't. The guy doesn't think twice. Lays him out. Danzig's a big dude. Not he he, he looks like the smallest little twerp. Compared to this guy. God, I wish I was big, man. You know how great life would be if you, if I wasn't 5'9 and I was like 6'9? The respect that I would command? Yeah, but you'd be dead by the time you're 50. Yeah, because I'd be so fat. I'd be like Oliver Miller. You don't even know who that is, but NBA fans left. <laughs> Chad Dukes, you're in the hideout on JFK. What's up, fellas? Hey, what's up? I just always, every time I say something remotely... Is this the real Chad Dukes? Yes, Donkey, of course it's me. <laughs> What's up, man? What's you going know, on? You might listen to your show. People call us all the time saying you're burning pictures of us and stuff like that. <laughs> did we do that? Yeah, we did that uh, after the uh, after the Pistons won. The oh, that's Because right. you were talking smack about Detroit. Because you dumbasses oh. called Detroit. Well, we called Detroit just because... Hey, hold uh, on a second. By the way, Chad Dukes of the Big O and Dukes O on the sister station, HFS. Hey, uh, so your mommy let you call the show? Your mommy, stop. Lisa Warden? Stop it, stop it. You guys know I listen to your show. That's not, that's not a secret from anybody. Everybody knows that. Yeah, how's but your mommy, though? She's fine. Lisa's a wonderful lady. Once you get to know her, I'm sure you love her. You guys met her at the, um, what that yeah. party we did. Hey, you know what? Uh, not impressed. And she and she was she was very standoffish to us. Yeah, she couldn't say hi. She didn't want our autographed pictures. Anyway, you were talking about being afraid of something. I'm afraid. I don't know. You guys probably get this spot every time I say something remotely controversial on the radio. Now, what with the the witch hunt? Right. I'm scared that that's the last thing I'm going to say on the radio. Oh, I I come in here every night thinking I'm going to get fired. Just and that that takes the edge off. Dubs, how many times have we left the show and I'm like, God damn, this is the last one. Yeah. I feel so dirty. And yeah, I, and I literally feel dirty until the next day and we can get in here and Cameron hasn't called me and Alan hasn't called me and there's nothing up on any radio web boards. I'm like, all right, I think we, how I many think we got out of that How many one. times has DCR TV wrote up stuff that didn't happen about us, too, though? Yeah, that made up lies. Yeah. Oh, but well. you, guys, you guys are on the island also. Like, Jay Stevens and Michael Hughes and Sam Rogers, all those guys are, like, right next door. Infinity management for you guys yeah, so playing along at home. Yes, uh, they could kick the door in at any moment. Like, I was saying stuff about black people yesterday. Why? Like, like maybe because they just steal things. No. Like, All, right. Like the... All right. You know what? I'm turning right. this tape into the FCC and your mama. And I'm giving it. it to Hughes. But you guys, you guys know what I'm saying. Like, like a couple months ago, stuff that they were saying now would have just been nothing. It would have been off the cuff. But now it's like you never know if the next day the guillotine's going to Dude, fall. you're not going to get fired for anything you say. You're going to get fired for lack of talent. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you guys have a good, you guys have a good show. All right, brother. We'll talk yeah, to you, man. Duke's is a good sport. I like that guy. I mean, the you, fact that you call in here shows he's a good sport. Even though we're supposed to hate him. All right, Danes had gotten a fight with that uh, dude from Northside Kings. He, by the way, he looks like a huge bouncer. That's what he looked like. Tell Big O to call us. Yeah, Big O never calls. I want to talk to we'll him. We'll call into your show, too. No, you know what? I've tried a couple times. I've thought about it a couple times. I've picked up the phone. But they, uh, they record their phone yeah, calls. Yeah, that's another thing. And so then they can edit it and all that kind of stuff. If if you guys put us on live, we'll go on with you. How about this? We come in studio. Well, I'll do that. Will Mommy let you? On Saturday night, we'll do it. Man 10. 
Hey, man, tell that punk to get off my airways. I'm trying to listen to a show over here. <laughs> he can keep ruining his show. Don't try to ruin my entertainment value. Let me Don't ask you. suck. Hey, let me ask you something, man, Tan. Yeah. Bateman says you hate me right now. What happened? I don't hate you, man. Is everything cool? As cool as it can be. Oh, no. See, he, no, said, he said he's irritated with me. No, it's, it's not a hate situation at all. You know what I'm saying? What is it, then? It's more of like a... I don't know, more of expecting too much of an acquaintance situation, you know what I'm saying? Uh-oh. What happened? No, it's just no big deal, dude. Don't even sweat. Is it because I, cause I couldn't go out Saturday? Well, well I, I mean, think that, start, that uh, was like the, the nail in the coffin. Because right? I didn't go to the party, too? Yeah, I mean, that was pretty much it. And then, I mean, it, it put it, I put it this way. All my stuff, I realized, hey, I'm asking more out of a person that's not my friend than I should be, and it's all good. Oh, no, I'm your friend. All right, you know what? When I get back from vacation... Look, look F.A., we're not friends, we're acquaintances. No, we're not. I want to say this. I really think that we are friends. I truly believe that. Definitely. Dub, Dubs knows that I disappoint him, too, and sadly, that's just the way they go. Look, right. I'm really sorry, and I'm going to make it up to you. No, don't worry about no, it. no, 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 I'm worried about it because we're friends. I'm serious. Dubs, you know where I'm coming from, right? Oh, well, yeah, I can understand it, but... You can't take that kind of stuff too personally because what we we do consider you a friend. We want to go out and hang out with you, but then like stuff happens and yeah. we don't and, want, and we don't want you to think that you're just an acquaintance. You're mad, Tan. You're not. You're not just an acquaintance. You're you're a boy. Oh no, that's what like like I said. That's why I didn't take it personally. You know, I think it would take a bullet boys, for you. I would. If we, if we were boys, I would take it personally. But you know what I'm saying? I want to be boys. You oh, and me. We'll work on that. All right. All right, and cool. And don't ever let that tag back on this show again. All right. Thank you. Bye. We'll go on their show, though, live. By fact, you didn't mean anything bad. That's just the way he talks. All right. Let's take a break. We're so late. we got to come back. We'll talk to the exorcist, uh, exorcism guy. I'm excited think, about this. Do you think so. Mommy would let us go on there? Lisa Warden? I don't think she would. I don't think she would either. Not after some of the said stuff you said about her. What did I say about her? Remember a little comment about... All right, I dumped that for your protection. Why? <laughs> Taking a break, we're coming back. Just beep it out. It's the hideout, 106.7 WJFK. Want to call the hideout? Call the hideout. Want to yell at us? Want to yell at the people yelling at us? All I want is a number. That should be goddamn good enough for you. Now give me a number. Okay. Hear me? Yes. Give me a number. You. you want that? Call the hideout at 866 277 4969. You're killing me. 866 277 4969. Everybody be cool. You be cool. The hideout. The hideout. Here they are. LFE. Half of the food chain and dinner is served. Up. And welcome back into the Hideout 106.7 WJFK. I am El Jefe, and that is J-Dubs. And come out and join me uh, this Saturday from noon till 2 at the Singular Wireless on Frederick Road in Germantown and take advantage of the weekend uh, specials out there at Singular as well as pick up uh, some free prizes from me, J-Dubs, at Singular in Germantown. Are you uh, Uncle Ryan, Black Albert, Matt Albert? Those are some of the people that we expect uh, to be out there as well. What happened with Sidkeda? Um... I guess it was a, a confusion. He lost his license. Right. Because he didn't pay a ticket, and then he went and paid it. 
and went over to the uh, DMV to clear it up. And they said, no, you still have your license. It's still on file here. And then he just got a notice saying, no, now it is gone. You have to come in and get it taken care of. By the way, um, speaking of uh, Sid Cada, have you noticed that ever since he started hanging out with Matt Albert, the comedy dumplings are becoming more and more like each other? Yeah. He lost his job because Matt is jobless. Sid has lost his job ever since he started hanging out with Matt. Well, and now he got his license revoked, it, and they're both 19, and Matt has never had a license. You know what? You'd hope it would go the other way, where... Sid would row off on Matt, and Matt would start getting his job, getting his license, getting all this kind of stuff going, and it just hasn't worked out. Is the loser meter so huge on our fat friend Matt Albert that he's a vortex? He he rubs he's black hole. He's got his own uh, his own gravitational pull, and, and it pulls everybody right into suckitude, including am ambition as well. Yeah, and laziness. It just it, it like seeps onto you if you're near the guy. God damn, I feel sorry for Sid. That's one friendship that's done horribly wrong. Yeah. By the way, I'm, I keep focusing on this man-tan thing. I feel bad. Though. Yeah, me too. Well, here, here's the thing. Let me explain this to you, those of you listening. It's not even so much... I, I like man-tan a lot, I really, and he seems like he'd be a, a, great, a great friend. And you're right. I think we're more than acquaintances. Definitely. But, I, but I don't, maybe we're not at best friend level yet. But he's one of those guys that we enjoy hanging out with. But, Dubs, you and I have something... We have this really weird relationship where we can understand that we don't need each other. Well, we, we screw each other over all the time, and it not, doesn't bother us. Right. It doesn't bother either of us at all. It's like we've let each other down so many times that it, it's expected now. We, Me and you, we met each other. We we worked out perfectly because we're both very flaky when you understand uh, flakiness. Do you think it is? That's what it is that we're flaky? Yeah, and I think everybody else gets pissed at it. That's why we run off so many people, because we're really, really flaky. If you go to RadioHighDot.com, you go into the names to know list, you see a ton of people who used to be involved with this show that aren't anymore because they couldn't handle us. And I don't think it's because we're mean. I think, I guess flaky is a good word. I never I never thought of flaky. Yeah. But it's, you know. Like, I, I mean, we're flaky on a, um, on a personal level, not a professional level. I don't even know about that, but okay. Like, but example. We, we are very dedicated to the show, but we aren't dedicated to each other outside of it. How many times do we set up plans? Hey, I'm going to call you this weekend. We're going to come over. Oh, yeah. And it just never happens. And I never get mad about it. You know, it's never like, oh, we've, we set our whole weekend aside. No, because I don't, I don't care. I, I, probably, I, I probably was thinking at the same time, I don't want to hang out. You know? What am I going to do with him? Yeah, thank God he didn't call. <laughs> hey, let me say this, too. Uh, Bateman had this interesting idea. You know, HBO's got a new uh, TV series, mm -hmm. um, the Boomtown, not Boomtown, uh, Entourage. Yeah. And he was like, who would you have in your entourage? Because apparently in this entourage, it breaks down where you have the one, um, you got the moralistic guy who can be swayed occasionally. You've got the uh, the fat friend who's there just to get laid. And then I forgot who the other guy was. Get in here, Bateman. The guy that holds the boombox? I guess, or like the security guy. You know what I mean? If we were to create an entourage, like, would you? Would I be in your entourage and vice versa? Like, I, how, how did you break this down, Bateman? Because you explained it pretty well in the email you yeah, sent me. Yeah, one one guy is like the older brother who didn't make it. He's like the failed actor, but he's just like all about himself. He didn't care about anyone. He'll screw anyone right. over. You know who that'd be in my entourage? Shafey. Shafey. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Like he gets like a one line in in his brother's movie, and he's all like on the red carpet. He's like, "How's my line? And how would I do?" Shafey. 
Yeah. Okay. And who were the, and the other two to have the other two correct? One, yeah, one was sort of a chunky guy who, who could probably get girls, but not of the same quality he's getting now. And he's sort of like, well, look, he's already gone off with, with some other girls, so why don't you just make out with me instead? I know who that is in the entourage? Bateman. No, because he's he's like the... But well, it's not that you're chunky. It's the self-esteem issue. Yeah. Actually, this guy, he's like oblivious to it. He's just like, I, I'll do anything. Because that's what you do. You get runoffs. Whatever. <laughs> that, that, what that's the way you play the hideout. You get runoffs. And then the other one is the, the kind of the, the moralistic guy who's swayed a little bit. And he's like, you know, I don't think you should be doing this movie because you can find one better that you actually like. That and, would be you for me. Yeah, I was about to say, that sounds like me. And then there's, a, I call him the Cameron character because he's the guy that is like <laughs> the agent that like is like, you got to do this movie or else. <laughs> and and he gets yeah. mad at the moralistic friend who's like, this movie sucks. It's not going to do anything. So... Maybe the dubs, even though... I don't fit into this equation anywhere. Well, I was about to say, even though technically, you know, I hate to say it, but I think you would agree that this show somewhat revolves around me, you know, because people call well, it... everything does. Well, exactly. But in the entourage world, if we were to break it down like this, you were the star. I am. And it, it works out like this, where you've got the Cameron character, the Shafee character, the Bateman, and, the, and me as your moralistic sidekick. That's what it is from now on. The hideout with J-Dubs and El Jefe. I like that. The moralistic sidekick, El Jefe. Man, that takes a ton of pressure off being a sidekick. Seriously. Now, what, are you taking control already? Yep. Why? Because we got to get these spots. we got to take another commercial break? We do. All right. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to put this on Bateman. <laughs> if Cicada was here, you'd be spanking him. What because happened? you let us run so long. I kept saying break. You let us run so long on that last commercial. Hey, you I, should be running right here, turning off the mics and hitting the commercials. Yeah, that'll work. Then I get punished for something else. <laughs> no, you got to do that. We can't have this. We can't be. What do we got to join the network at the top of the hour? Yes. Yeah, the network. All right. Well, when we come back, we'll be talking to Dallas, Tampa, and Detroit, and Hawaii. I only wish. Can you imagine the show? This show, we wouldn't be able to do the show if we. You know, that's just real quick. I know we got to take a break. Come on. But if we were, let's just say, five years from now, when we don't suck as bad as we do now, and we happen to get some sort of a syndication, we couldn't get syndicated any further than the central time zone because then we'd be outside of the safe hours. I think, I think actually we do keep it clean enough for the safe hours. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think we do. I don't believe so. I think we do. I think we keep it a lot safer than a Have lot of Have you seen right this hideout human stain game that we're going to be playing before the end of the night? Yes. And that's why we're going to do that one at 12.30. And that's when we come back, we're going to talk to the exorcist guy. John Zaffis. John Zaffis. What's the name of his website so people can go there now? What is it? They uh, can get it when they come back. PRSNE.com, the Paranormal and Research Society of New England. Quick break. Coming back, it's the Hideout 106.7 WJFK. I'm going to put this on dubs. Poor time management. Welcome to the hideout. 
real people with fake names and invisible faces read the ultimate in reality radio. The revolution starts at the hideout. 106.7 WJFK. None of those people outside realize how much power is in this one room. Let them hear it. And welcome back into the Hideout 106.7 WJFK. Is it Tuesday, Dubs? Yes, it is. It's Tuesday, Washington, D.C. I don't know if you knew that. Well, it's Wednesday, actually. So screwed up. Except for those of you listening on the West Coast. Yeah. It's still Tuesday. (laughs) It's weird being on the syndication. It's so weird. Underground. Um, So anyway, Dubs, about this. um, Phone numbers, websites, RadioHideout.com. If you want to participate, you can always hit us up. 866-277-4969. 866-277-4969. And if you don't want to hit us up over the phone, you can hit me up Saturday at Singular. Stop. I'll be there from noon to 2 over in Germantown on uh, Frederick Road at the Singular. Uh, go check out their weekend specials. That you can add a line for nine ninety nine. It's gonna be a great time. Also, you can grab some great freebies from me, J Dubs, out at Singular. In Germantown on Frederick Road. And he'll do a dance for you. All you have to do is ask. No, all you got to do is pay me. Uh, (laughs) That's what Singular's doing. Um, Cut that out. Let me me tell you about this. Uh, Speaking of the website, RadioHideout.com, got an email from there, JFK Hideout at AOL. And uh, it was from Matt. He sent me the link to this new movie that's coming out, I guess, at the the end of the summer, early fall. Is this going to be a big release? I don't know. It's called Saw. S-A-W, and it's starring Danny Glover, and... Oh, I haven't seen him since uh, Angels in the Outfield. Dude, it's amazing. He's been sleeping. This thing is amazing. It's it's a cross, this person put it perfectly, it's a cross between Seven, Silence of the Lambs, and House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh. No. <laughs> and uh, it's it looks Air amazing. Bud. <laughs> it looks amazing. So anyway, I thank him for that link. Um, so that I could check out the previews because I hadn't even heard about this. No, I, I haven't seen anything for it. And I've been I've been actually a fairly uh, frequent moviegoer this summer. Then I then I went to go see Anchorman um, over the weekend, and I saw the poster for the new Exorcist movie that's coming out, The New Beginning. And so I'm sitting there staring at it, trying to figure out who's in it. Again, I go online with the AOL for broadband so I can see the preview for this. Looks great. Also, who's in it? Um, I don't think it's anybody that I that I particularly know. Did you get to watch any uh, previews of it? I did. Oh, I saw the preview online. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I was saying. And it looks, it, it's like it tells the pre-story. I guess you would. Um, from the original. Oh, so it's a prequel almost. Yeah, the the new beginning or the beginning, whatever it's called. I think it's just called the beginning. And then the other thing about exorcism that just piqued my interest so much was this this janitor. All right, so there's this janitor in Wisconsin who was moonlighting as a pastor and is convicted of child abuse and the death of an autistic boy during a makeshift exorcism ceremony. Apparently, he's getting five years in jail on the charge and another five on supervised release. He was um, arrested in August following the death of an eight-year-old during a prayer service in a storefront church in Milwaukee. Um, The youngster's death came at the end of a bruising two-hour prayer service during which Himbill laid on top of the boy as he sought to expel the youngster's demons. 
And so basically the kid ended up suffocating to death. You know, I almost did this to uh, Michael J. Fox, but it ended up you said Parkinson's, not a That's not not demonic possession. That's not funny. I don't know. But at the same time, though, it was interesting because they saw the autism as a demonic uh, like possession. You know what I mean? So we want to bring this cat into the hideout. His name is John Zaffis. John, did I get that correct, your last name? Yes, you did. And the website, which um, I've, I've been all over the last couple of days, you're with the Paranormal and Research Society of New England. The website is prsne.com. Welcome into the hideout in WJFK. How are you this evening? I'm doing good, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, tell, I'm fascinated with this stuff. I go on the website. What do you do? Because I see that you do a little bit of everything. You've been studying this for a while. Uh, what is it that you specialize in? Basically trying to determine if a person is genuinely possessed. What what what, what qualifies that? Uh, a lot of the ways of their characteristics, of their personality. Is there a lot of changes that take place? Do these people get Couldn't involved? Couldn't that just be puberty? Pardon me? Couldn't that just be puberty? Uh, no, that's poltergeist. That's totally different. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. People go that, uh, puberty, uh, that, that's a whole ball of wax itself. Yeah, that's something scarier than actual uh, possession. Now, yeah. but, but that's wrong, though, because I'm looking on your website, and it's not demonic possession, you say. It's more of demonic control. Explain that. Uh, what happens is there's different levels of things that people go through. And usually before possession, it's usually an obsession state where it tries to break down an individual, tries to wear them down so that it can gain control of them. Possession per se, pure possession, is extremely rare. Uh, the case you were referring to in regards to the little boy and saying that he had demons in him, right. I would have given that a lot of thought before I would have even considered doing an exorcism over that child. Okay, because again, he had autism. Correct. And I figured that was part of it. Have you seen someone who's possessed? Absolutely. Or, or controlled or whatever? Uh, uh, like I said, with possession, it's rare. In the 30 years that I've been involved with this work and the thousands of cases, Pure possession, I'd say maybe about 100 cases. And where do you see this stuff? I mean, who are you hanging out with to see this? I work with all different types of clergy, all different kinds of organizations. Uh, you name it, I get involved with it. And do they call you? Do you call them? No, I have a lot of people that contact me. I work with a lot of different clergy, and um, I get a lot of referrals from over the years. And a lot of times they don't know what to do. They don't oh, understand yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, who would know what to do, really? I mean, that's a very rare thing to run into. Absolutely. And when, you know, a minister or a priest or a rabbi or somebody gets involved with that and they come up against something and they're witness to it, you know, sometimes that can blow their minds. All right, let, let me, again, we're talking to John uh, Zaffis. Uh, he's from the Paranormal and Research Society of New England. Go to the website, prsne.com. When I'm thinking of the control, demonic control and possession, I'm thinking Linda Blair, the exorcist. I think that's what everybody thinks of. Is Absolutely. It, is, that, it, is it that? Well, I'll tell you what. If I ever see somebody's head go 360 degrees, that's really going to blow me out of the water. I'm or sure. If I see them with uh, green pea soup coming out. I've never seen anything like that yet. 
But do they change? Uh, you've never seen a guy on the flu, then. <laughs> do they change form, though? I mean, does their skin turn green, or do they, do they talk in a deeper voice? They do talk in a deeper voice. Their voices will change. You will hear voices come from behind them. You will see them take on a different characteristic. They do gain an enormous amount of strength. They will start telling you different things that they have no knowledge to. They'll tell you things about you and they don't even know you. This is something I have to see to believe. Is there any way I could talk you into the next time you are called in on one of these things I can go with you? Well, if it's a possibility and the clergy agrees to it, sure. Now, now hold on. Do you get scared? I mean, are you a religious person, first of all, or spiritual or whatever? Yes, I am. Okay, so... When you go to these things and you're here in front of the demonic possession control person, whoever's been taken over, mm -hmm. does it freak you out? I mean, do you feel like at any point this little, um, you know, possessed person could rip you into shreds? Oh, absolutely. Do you they tie did. them down on the bed? Uh, never really tied anybody on a bed. They've been tied in chairs and pews. They've been restrained, but never flat on a bed, no. And does this happen to, uh, what, like, what's the normal age range, or do you see this from, like, all, because, I mean, obviously in the movie that every, I'm sure everybody thinks of right now. A child. It was a child, but you see this hitting everybody, or what? Right across the board, there, there's no restrictions to the ages, or whether it's male or female. What about black or white? No jurisdiction, there's no boundaries. Is it, like, a weaker mind person, or is that just another, uh, kind of, uh, just, uh, a generalization? That's a generalization. I've seen very devout people have problems. Then, on the other hand, I've seen people that don't even believe in God or believe in anything end up having major problems also. Now, also, um, do you have videotapes of this? Of exorcism, yeah. Really? Are they on the website? No. No, the majority of exorcisms that I have have never been released. They're, they're private cases. Uh, when I do do my museum tours... There are a few clips that I do show in the process. Wow. Okay. Now, why, are you, why, don't, why aren't you putting this out for people to see so that way they can, like, recognize? Are you, just, are you not allowed to or what? Well, one thing you have to take into consideration is you can destroy a person's life, their uh -huh. careers, their families. Uh, a lot of people don't accept this. They don't believe it. They think it's all bull. Yeah, I hear you. And, you know, if you're dealing with somebody that's an attorney or a doctor or something, they can lose their whole career. But at the same time, you did save them from a demon, so they should be grateful and at least let you put out the uh, the videotape on Spike TV or something, right? Well, I... Don't... I'd be grateful. I'll let you do whatever if you got the demon out of me. Well, see, I don't really look at it that way. Right. I, I look at it more from the perspective that, uh, you know, they were able to get help. That, now... That's what counts to me. Now, is this something that happens in the United States a lot? Or is it everywhere? Everywhere. I, because you think you would may, maybe hear a little bit more of these cases, like in the news maybe, if it no, was a it, domestic uh, thing. Well, the majority of exorcisms worldwide are basically considered underground. Uh, you'll hear more about deliverances in comparison to an exorcism, which is usually... Uh, sanctioned by the Roman Catholic Church, and they very seldomly will go public on anything. Okay. Is it because they don't want to scare people or what? It's more of a fact that if they do go public, they're afraid they're going to have everybody and their brother banging on the church doors screaming they need exorcisms. Cause or I think it might get people a little bit more religious. That's what I was saying. It seems like a great uh, recruitment tool because... 
like for somebody like me who still questions, wonders what is real, what isn't, if I saw someone that was demonically possessed, there would be no doubt in my mind at that point, okay, there is there is a Satan, there is a demon, there at the same time, there there is a God. And I, I, I that would be instant for me. There it is. Uh, what is it? What are they called when you uh, you got uh, agnostic? You have to see it yeah. first. Yeah. I think I'm a little bit of that. If I'm seeing a possession, boom, there it is. Well, I didn't always believe in it. It wasn't until I was around uh, 18, 19 years old when I got involved with the heavier aspect of the work. And I didn't believe that people got possessed. I didn't believe that there was devils and demons. I mean, I grew up in the 70s. We even questioned God. Right. So, I mean, I questioned everything. And I said, okay, I want to see if this stuff's for real. Mm -hmm. And this is when I really started getting involved with it. And seeing what happens to people, watching what happens to them, if these things happen, there's got to be a positive. There's got to be a positive force if there's a negative force. So that reaffirmed in me, just like what you said, right. that there's an existence of a, a higher being, a God, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And if these things occur on a negative, and I've seen a positive work to help these individuals, if anything in this world reaffirmed anything in me, that did. Now, you sure they're not like on acid or something? This nah, material? no. Okay. A little crazy, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, it's John uh, Zaffis, uh, PRSNE.com, Paranormal and Research Society of New England. You want to take a call, a couple calls? Yeah, absolutely. This is great. Keith, you're in the hideout on WJFK. Yeah, my question is, can you do an exorcism of this show and drive out the demons so it won't suck so much? <laughs> is that possible? I mean, I feel sorry if is that possible, John? Well, I don't know. That might be a lot of work. I'd have to call on a lot of clergy. <laughs> Tell me about it. Cameron, everybody's trying to do this. How can you not be interested in exorcisms? Um, here's what, what was the other thing I had for you as well? How do you avoid this, this demonic control? Can you do anything? Uh, can you go to church? You can go to church. You can go to synagogue. You can pray. You can do a lot of things. But a lot of times people just fall victim to this. Right. A lot of times people open up doors without realizing what they are doing. A lot of times people will play with Ouija boards or do things and definitely feel that nothing's ever going to happen. And many, many times people will say that to me. I just thought I was just playing a game. I didn't think any of this was real. Well, they found out you, that it is. Are you saying Ouija boards really do channel? Absolutely. Well, it's not really the board. It's the individual. That's the catalyst. Well, we got to do this on the air, Dubs. We should bring in a Ouija board. Once oh, time. brother! <laughs> is that, I mean, is that would it be? Is that a scary thing or no? Yes, because it can open up doors. And I never ever recommend to anybody to do any type of communication unless you know exactly what you're doing. Oh, we know. Don't worry about that. <laughs> We're pros. <laughs> Could they fix this studio? Whatever. Uh, what about? Are there any common threads between the possessed people, like a traumatic experience or something that they had, a little brain damage? Um, usually with people that go through that, at certain points in times, you'll find that something in the past might have tied in with something, with some type of practicing within the family a lot of times. With uh, getting involved with uh, different types of occults, uh, devil worshipping, Satanism, and things like that. So a door has to be opened then before somebody's going to get possessed. Absolutely, because we all have free will. And with free will, people can let things in.
So what happens? Like, so what? What's the process? How long does one of these exorcisms usually last? Well, I worked on one case for four years, and it took sixteen exorcisms to free this one woman. Well, where was she? Uh, she was in Connecticut. And uh, what were her symptoms? What was she doing for four years? Well, she was in her mid fifties, mm -hmm. and one day uh, she was attacked, and from that point on, all kinds of different activities started happening with her within her house. Then she would go under all types of attacks physically, like 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 one of those situations where she's like scarring herself or something like that. She would have a lot of black and blues. I mean, don't get me wrong, people fall, people you know can get hurt, but they would always be in areas that you couldn't possibly inflict upon yourself. I was in the presence when she would scream that, you know, she felt something burning, and we would look, we would find scratches on her that weren't there prior. It's these different types of things that I look for when I go in to do my investigations. Now, how you said uh, you have to open a door and almost let this happen to you? Mm -hmm. How would you most people? How would you go about opening this door? Uh, doing different types of communications. Doing like the Ouija board. Like the Ouija board. Uh, playing with uh, different types of things to make communication with the spirit world. Dabbling in different things with spells to see if they work. So, all right. So this is real. Then, like, all right. Let's like, who are the people? Like, they're you know, sometimes you get some people who are in some underground stuff. Like, they run spells. They um, maybe they uh, you know, they believe in fairies mm -hmm. things. So these kind of people who are into like the the magic and the occult, they're going to be the people that are most susceptible to it. Well, usually a person that does do the casting and everything, they've been dealing with it for so many years, they don't have the problems. It's the people around them that could have the problems. Or somebody could send something towards an individual, and that's when a person could start to have the problems when the doors are opened at that point. So you're a religious person. All this, You believe in all this within your faith, though. Well, it seems contrary, though. I mean, I don't know if you're a Christian or what. I, mean, I, I will tell you I am a Roman Catholic, okay. but I'm a very analytical person. Right. All religions, all things fascinate me. And in my work, I have to understand all that because not everybody in the world is Roman Catholic. Mm -hmm. I've worked with Buddhists. I've worked with rabbis, ministers, priests. I've worked with just about everybody across the board. Which, which religion has the meanest demon? Well... I can't really say that there's one particular, because the bottom line is it's all the same thing. It's just that it's thought and revered in different ways, and it all reacts the same way. Now, how about these cases of stigmata? Mm -hmm. Are these things uh, real? Have you ever witnessed any of that kind of stuff? Uh, in 30 years, I've only been involved with two cases. Uh, one was a legitimate case where a person actually had the signs of stigmata, and I was witness to it. The other case we proved fraudulent. So th that that happens quite often where sometimes you got to be very careful because people make things up. And well, do did things. he have like a real bad zit on his foot or something? Thought <laughs> that that was the beginning sign. <laughs> well, no, I'll be honest with you. He, he was actually burning his wrists. Loser. Uh-huh. <laughs> John Zappas from the Paranormal and Research Society of New England, PRSNE.com. Um... All right, what about uh, the other question, the main question that I had, and we'll take another phone call. What's the scariest thing? Not necessarily an exorcism, because I know you also deal with, like, ghosts and just whatever's in the paranormal. What's the scariest thing you've ever witnessed firsthand? 
Like, legitimately, you were freaked out, and you realized, well, I'm messing around with something here that's just completely not from this world. Okay, it was 16 years ago, and I haven't had an experience like that since. I worked on a haunted funeral parlor, and we were spending a lot of time in there. One night, I was sitting doing a lot of documentation at the dining room table, and it was in the month of August. Right. And it got very cold. This didn't make too much sense. It was brutally hot. Got up, I started smelling foul odors, went into this big hallway, and there was a staircase that led up the stairs. And something at the top started to form, and it got very, very characteristics to it. It was very blurry looking. It stunk like nothing I've ever smelled. It came down the stairs. As it descended, it came towards me, and it kept saying, you know what they did to us. I witnessed this. I seen that. Did it scare the hell out of me? You better believe it. Almost, I almost went out of the work because of that. And that, to this day, and that's 16 years ago, I haven't had something like that happen to me since. You were face-to-face with a ghost then? Just, well, I refer to that more as uh, a demon than I would a ghost. And it said, you know what you did to me? Yeah, do you know what they did to us? That's what it kept repeating. And what did they do to them? Did you figure that one out? Yeah, we basically did that um, the act of necrophilia had taken place in the funeral parlor. Oh, wow. So that, that was a hardcore case. Damn. You're living the life, bro. Well, I'm just, some, some some people say so, and other people tell me I'm nuts. You're making me believe. <laughs> no, man, why not? Why would you be nuts? You saw this stuff. Here we go. Let's take one more phone call. We'll try again with Matt Albert. You're in the hideout on JFK. Hello, Jonathan. <laughs> it's Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, let's say I feel like I'm about to be possessed by big goatee-wearing demons. What prayer do I do at my synagogue to get rid of this? Like what? Like is there o- is there only is there something that one person can do? Well, one thing that you have you have to take into consideration, no matter who you are, what you believe, what you worship, it comes from within. What your belief system is, there is definitely a supreme being, a god, whatever you want to call it, and if you have pure belief. In that, you bring that through you. And whatever prayers that you have that you're comfortable with, you start reciting them and you, you know, you basically pray. Hey, was the movie The Exorcist based on something that really happened? Absolutely. It was about a little boy and it was in the 1940s. That was, that's a true documented case. And so, turning green and the whole the running uh, down the stairs. There, there's an element of Hollywood in it, too, right? Well, no. there's a tremendous amount of Hollywood in it. Most movies are. Mm. Okay, but uh, the situation with the bed moving a little bit, with the um, writing on the chest, all these things are very, very true. Um, as far as the head spinning or anything like that, no. Um, a priest actually... Getting killed, I'm not aware of that. In Georgetown here in D.C.? You know, yeah. I mean, there's there's factual things that are true from the, in the movie, but there's a heck of a lot of Hollywood hype also. Hey, do people, after they get these exorcisms, they go on, they live normal lives? They can. Uh, I figured it just It's, it's a very up. difficult thing after um, an exorcism and a person is freed of this. Right. Because they have a void in their life. There's something missing. And it's true. Demon. Yes. It's missing. Therefore, it takes counseling on our end to have these people fill their lives with something positive. 
and it's a very, very hard and difficult road for a lot of people to travel. That's got to be an amazing high. I mean, if you, I wonder if you died while you were in possession, would you automatically go to hell? Because I don't think it'd be your fault, it'd be the demon's fault. Well, I have to agree with you, unless the person deliberately let this... Like with the Ouija board. You know, well, not necessarily. Where they opened it up. Right, that, that could have been something very innocent. Yeah. So, in, in a situation like that, no, I wouldn't say that, but uh, a person that is possessed... And it, you know, it is a type of situation where they did something, but it was done innocently. I feel that's looked upon differently. Okay, two quick calls. And we got to we got to take a break again. John Zaffis uh, joining us in the hideout. Carl Face, you had a question about the videos. Yeah, uh, although before, I, if it's okay, I want to. You know, Craig Coleman Lutar, who's on your show and you you like a lot. Yeah. After your show's off, anybody can listen to him. or on Saturday nights at. Uh, Radio BBQ, uh, that's a live 365, if they just do slash stations, plural, slash Radio BBQ. All right, but let's, let's uh, I want to subject. ask him about the videos that he did. Uh, could you, have you ever asked any of the people whose lives you might or might not ruin if they have permission to show those videos so maybe a few of them would say it's okay? Uh, yes, I have. Uh, the majority of the people would prefer not. There has been a recent um, case from a few years back that... I see pay-per-view. That's what I say yeah. that. I mean, you can make a lot of money on that. We kind of already covered that already. Steve, well, you're in the hideout on JFK. What's up, El Yo. Yo, uh, J-Dubs, what's up? What's up? Hey, guys. Uh, listen, uh, there's a there was a, a full, like, awesome article called The Expose on the Truth Behind the Exorcist. Right. It was written by a guy named Mark Obsosik, and uh, it's on Strange Magazine. Okay. Com. Check it out. And it's all about how it, it really debunks the whole thing. None of that ever really happened. I mean, the guy goes through, and there was a couple kids that kind of kind of duped a lot of people. And About the movie was, The Exorcist? No, 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 no. About the real, the real, the real thing that the movie is based on. Back in the 40s that uh, yeah. John was telling us about? Yeah, it supposed to, supposedly happened in Potomac, not in Georgetown. And then there's this guy actually does all the research and goes through everything. I mean, it's really well written and it's all true. He's got factual data to back everything up. It basically debunks everything. There's no there's no facts that any of that stuff went when happened. Don't tell I mean, me I that. I would urge anybody that's really interested to go read it. I want to believe, though, man. I want to believe. That's my thing. <laughs> well, you're, you're going to have this. You're, you're going to have people that are going to come up with things, I'm used to it after all these years, that are going to turn around and debunk just about everything and anything. Right. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, some of the original papers from some of the uh, clergy that were involved with that, with some of their testimonies, and some of the things that I have read firsthand and talked to a few people that knew a couple of the clergy that were involved with that, that is a bona fide documented case that transpired. Hey, John, thank you for joining us. Hey, man. it was great. We'll check back in with you again once this happens, or if we get in any trouble. Okay. And let us know if you got anything going on. Maybe check in with us if you uh, if you just went on a case. I'm so interested in this. We appreciate it. Again, the website people can go to is prsne.com, Paranormal and Research Society of New England. Thank you, John Zaffis. Thanks for having me. <sighs> Dubs, I love that stuff. Yeah, man. it's you fun. Know, I want to believe. Yeah, it, it's something that I'm really open to uh, believing in. I just, I, 
I would have to go with them and see it for myself, though. I, I got to see it, too. Because you're always going to have people. I mean, he says this is all based in fact, but then you have the guy. Yeah, I got the other guy who's, you know, got a complete article that debunks every single thing that the exorcism could have been based upon. I just, I want to see this. Would you be opposed to being possessed just for the experience of it? Can you imagine what that would be like? The high? I'll do it. If you leave your uh, car keys on your uh, driver's seat tonight. It's not going to happen. Damon, you're in the hideout on JFK. I've got to be cleansed to get the out of me. Now people just play. <laughs> and why can't we take uh, phone calls during a segment? <laughs> no more phone calls with guests. God damn you guys. I know people are trying to be funny and they're getting their bit in. I want to learn a little bit. Actually, it's okay. But Matt Albert, you were very unfunny. All right, Dubs. Well, there it is. I hope we've solved the whole issue. Who do you think here is dumb enough around the station to get duped into being uh, possessed? Who do you think would be number one for getting the possessed? Mm. Who would be dumb enough to get possessed? I would have said, like, Wonder Boy when he was yeah, here. he's gone, though. Somebody like that. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of who would... Travis? <laughs> I... Did you see Travis possessed? I say Alan. I could see Alan getting duped like he already has. Hey, let's tease this real quick. Um, we got this game, the Hideout Human Stain, because we got Human Stain DVDs. We've got a whole bunch of prizes to give away. Here's the first question. You can have your choice of whatever it is that you want in the Hideout if you want to play along. Uh, 866-277-4969. It's based upon, um, or at least it was... Uh, the idea came about from this movie, The Human Stain, starring Anthony Hopkins mm -hmm. and Nicole Kidman, which is coming out soon um, on DVD. Here's one of the questions. The Hideout Human Stain game. Where has El Jefe left his human stain? Was it A, his old PD's guest room, B, a friend's pillow, or C, the Ron and Fez office? Take a guess at this. You can win some prizes. 866-277-4969. We'll do that as soon as we get back from this commercial break. It's the Hideout 106.7 WJFK. Want to call the hideout? Hello? Want to yell at us? Hello? Want to yell at the people yelling at us? Hello? Yes, you're on the air with the hideout. What's your name? Hello? Even stupid people can call. Were you in special ed, honey? No. Are you sure? What, what's your classroom next to the boiler room? Call the hideout. Yo, baby, show me your digits. Let's do this damn thing. At 866-277-4969. Hello? 866-277-4969. <laughs> The fingers you have used to dial are too fat. To obtain a special dialing wand, please mash the keypad with your palm now. Radio for Fat Kids, The Hideout, with El Jefe and Jada. And you are going to want to dial right now. 866-277-4969. 866-277-4969. As we are going to play the Human Stain game. The Hideout Human Stain game. Only have nine slots to play this, and the phone lines are already lit up, so make sure you hop in. As we're giving away copies of the Human Stain movie on DVD starring Anthony Hopkins and Nicole Kidman in this movie mystery, available on DVD and video July 20th, rated R, restricted for language and sexuality slash nudity, from Miramax Home Entertainment. The game is quite simple, J-Dubs, as uh, here we have um, lists 
of who has done what. It's a multiple choice game. It's an ABC game. And the question is simple. Where has El Jefe left his human stain? By human stain, you could assume what it is we're talking about. Yes. And this is a chance for you to uh, realize how big a degenerates we in the hideout actually are. First of all, let's go here to Steve the Repo Guy. What's up, bro? Hey, what's up, guys? What's going on? We met you last week in the hideout when you were just about to go steal a car back for uh, the finance company or whatever it was. Did everything go okay? Oh, yeah, we got her. No problem. Uh, heading up to uh, Harrisburg, PA right now to get one. All right, here's the thing. we got to be on the phone with you at some point when you're repoing a car. I want to hear this. Oh, and, absolutely. And if things went, and preferably not when you're just latching it onto your tow truck, I want to hear it. When you actually have keys and you're getting into the car and you're starting it up and you're stealing it for the most part. <laughs> Can we make this happen? This is going to be beautiful. Now, hey, Dubs, the other thing, too, that we were trying to come up with, we need some sort of a notifier for people to know whether or not they they've got it correct or they've got it wrong. So what we're going to do, if you have gotten the uh, question correct, you will hear this. Bow wow, news hounds. Bow Wow News Hounds. You're going to hear J-Dubs' sister say Bow Wow News Hounds. If you've gotten it incorrect, you will hear this. Bow Wow News Hounds. Bow Wow I, I News Hounds. I like the other idea. <laughs> well, Tommy came up with this, so we'll try this one first. I don't like it. Why? Because it's a lot of run for the News Hounds? Yeah, and they're a bunch of swindlers. All right, here we go. The hideout human stain game. You only get one chance. Where has El Jefe left his human stain? A, in his old program director's guest room, B, a friend's pillow, or C, the Ron and Fez office. Where has El Jefe left his human stain? Steve, the repo guy, what do you think? I had to say B. B, his a friend's pillow. Bow wow, news hounds. Congratulations, you're a winner. I think that's very, very confusing. I, I can't tell. Bow wow, it, news I, I can't tell which one's the correct and which one's the wrong one. Bow wow, news hounds. You guys sound, it's, if it's your sister, it's correct. Okay, well, I think it's just going to be really tough for the people to catch on. Well, fine, we'll change it. Then. Okay. You mad? No. He picks up on the Human Stain DVD, by the way. And, Dubs, this is actually true story. I was um, at a slumber party. I had a girlfriend at the time. We were having sex, and I had nowhere to, uh, to um, complete, if you will. And so it was one of those things where we're all kind of laying in the in the front room, and so we're spooning together, and that's how things happen. And so what I did is I, I didn't want to ruin my shirt because I only had one shirt for the sleepover, so I grabbed the pillow, and uh, I don't even know if my, my friend what, never ended up knowing. You guys weren't doing anything, but you still... No, we were. We were doing something, and I ended up using the pillow. Okay, I thought you were just getting really excited with her. No, I no, we were actually doing stuff. And I ended up using the pillow, if you would, to uh, to be the, the catch of all, if you would. Yeah, the glove. Exactly. Uh, Mikey boy, you're in the hideout on JFK. How are you, bro? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Here we go. Um, hold on. Let me switch things up here for a second since J-Dubs doesn't like the way we went with that. All right. Here we go. The hideout human stain game. Where has Dubs left his human stain? A, in half a shower. B, in his sister's sock. C, in his grandmother's bed. Where has J-Dubs left his human stain? Uh, I'd say A. And you'd be correct. Yes. And this is actually the first that I've learned of this. Congratulations, Mikey Boy. You're a winner. Well, come on. You had to know. I, I lived with you for about a month there. All right. Now, 
Please tell me you're joking. No. Right down the drain. You made drain babies? Yes. In my apartment? Yeah. Why? I think I was very respectful. I didn't use anything that you were going to be sleeping on later like you did with your friend. Now, you and your chick stayed with us. Uh, you never... No, we never... You never had sex at my place? No, no. But in, we're, we're very respectful. But instead, you took care of yourself in my shower. Yes. I would have rather you had sex. Why? Because now I can't I can't look at that shower the same. I can't look at that shower the exact same way that I'll I did tell you, before. It wasn't only once. Tell you that much. 866-277-4969 if you'd like to play the game. Is this something that you do to your other friends when you go over to their house? Oh, yeah. Bikers, DJs head into his house. Is this like your way of marking territory? No, it's just my way of getting some stress off my chest. I'm sure. Caveman, you're in the hideout on JFK. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> Uncle Ryan. Right. I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, here we go. Let's play the game. Okay. Um, the hideout human stain game, again, giving away these DVDs. Where has Tommy left his human stain? I'm sorry. A, on his own shoulder. B, on his dirty clothes pile. C, on the girl's dirty clothes. A, B, or C. Okay, what was the question? Where has Tommy left his human stain? Okay, what was the uh, ABC? I'm sorry. Come on! I'm sorry, just please, quickly. His shoulder, dirty clothes pile, or his girl's uh, dirty clothes? Oh, God, it could be anything. Um, I'll have to say... Um, Is this Cameron? No, I'll... And are you going to drop Kevin Wheeler so you can play this for him on his show? No, I will have to say his dirty clothes pile. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's incorrect. It was actually his shoulder. And now what do you use, shotgun? <laughs> or are you Peter North? Hold on a second. That's not the worst part. What was the worst part? The um, ones that hit his leg. Right. <laughs> I knew that was gonna happen. Um, no, it was uh, it was actually back in ninth grade, and then uh, my dad came home, and I was talking to him for a while, and then I looked down and realized there was something on my. Black T-shirt. Uh, oh God, so dirty. Yeah. Now was this with the chick? Yeah. I I uh, I can't really explain what we were doing, obviously, but. Mm -hmm. You yeah. see, I never thought of you know, with a chick, where'd you leave this human stain? I always I thought it was just a whole uh, solo <laughs> career thing. Yeah, exactly. I didn't I didn't I didn't even think about incorporating those questions. All right, here we go. Let's continue to play the game. Lynn, you're in the hideout on JFK. You ready? How you doing, gentlemen? Good, man. Here we go. The hideout human stain game winning a ton of prizes from the hideout. Where has El Jefe left his human stain? A, Dubs' shower. B, an airplane. C, a buddy's swimming pool. Uh, you know, you're a sick man, so I'll go with an airplane. I wish. I'm sorry, that's not right. It actually ended up turning out, J-Dubs. It was the same friend, and it was his swimming pool. Have you ever had swimming pool you, sex? You are the worst friend of that guy. He was a dick. Really? I hated him. I actually lived with him for a little while, too. Oh, really? At the end of high school. Yeah, just for like a couple of months after I moved out with, uh, from Rod's place. I didn't live with my parents, by the way, my junior or senior years of high school. They moved away, and I stayed in my same high school because I was already a star at that point uh, in baseball and theater. 
So I was living with a friend. Mo. <laughs> and, um, you know, his parents were gone. I brought my chick over. We had swimming pool sex. And uh, I was raw dogging it. And, um, yeah, there was the swimming pool. You know, it, it, I, I don't want to get too graphic. So, Tommy, dump in the back if you need to. But the visual of leaving the human stain yeah. in the swimming pool is fascinating. It's. I I couldn't do it. I don't think I. I've had enough. <laughs> Just a little worried. Um. Anyway, but we're completely you, safe right now. I know we are. You could even could have played what I. You could have uh, left uh, Tommy and beep too. I know. I just get a little worried. Ever since we had the conversation with Chad Dukes earlier about, well, I mean, is tonight the last night? I'm hoping Thursday is, so I don't have to come back from Texas. Great, you know how great that vacation is going to be. Yeah, I can imagine. Oh, you're not going on vacation? No. What are you doing? I'm working. John, you're in the hideout on JFK. Let's play the game. You ready? John, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, buddy. Here we, here we go. Uh, the hideout human stain game. Where has Dubs left his human stain? A, in his backyard. B, in an empty classroom. C, at his first paying radio job. A, backyard, B, empty classroom, C, first paying radio job for J-Dubs and his human stain. Yeah, I'll say A. Dubs? No, no, not in my backyard. Actually, it was at my first paying radio gig. How How much? Uh, we're really degenerates when you yeah. think about this. Well, I, my first paying radio gig, I did the, uh, the uh, satellite uplink for the Detroit Pistons. Right. And it was a very, very simple job where I uh, I had a bunch of, uh, I had to uh, patch in from the uh, the flagship uh, piston station. To a satellite. Yeah, into a satellite, which all I did was plug one thing into another thing, sit around for five hours until the, the game ended, and then unplug it. So what would you do then that whole time? They had a shower there. <laughs> Again, you mark your territory in showers. No, I, I just think it's easy cleanup. And I, I, I end up clean, the place ends up clean, everybody's happy. Oh, I, and, speaking of showers, I saw this real quick. We'll get back to the game. 42% um, of Americans, number one in the shower. Yeah, I saw that too. Did you see that? Yeah. 58% obviously do not. Um, what I do. 52% uh, of Americans sing in the shower. Fifty-three percent of people shower in the morning, while twenty-nine percent in the evening. I I do all of that at the same time. I sing while I number one <laughs> at night and in the morning, depending on how dirty you are. Yeah. Have you ever had those nights where you showered? See, I can't shower at night because I sweat when I sleep. So I have to when I sweat during my sleep. I have to get up in the morning and I have to shower to feel clean. Otherwise, it just doesn't happen. Why don't you use that AC? I do. I still sweat, man. It's like I'm in Mexico. It's that bad. It reminds me of the old days, even though I came from Texas. All right, um, here we go. Still continuing to play the game. In addition to the Human Stain DVDs, we also have the first complete season of Boomtown on DVD. Uh, coming to for the first time, actually, Boomtown, the acclaimed TV series that shows you the crime from every point of view. It's a great television show. Complete first season on DVD, again, available on the 20th in a five-disc set. From Lionsgate Home Entertainment. All right, we're going to change the name of this game to Where'd You Leave Your Boom? All right, Where'd You Leave the Boom? And let's go to uh, Danny. You're in the hideout on JFK. You ready to play, bro? Yeah, what's up? All right, man, here we go, brother. Um, 
Where did Tommy leave his boom? At a tennis court in broad daylight, at a baseball field in broad daylight, at a soccer field in broad daylight. All right, they're all disturbing nonetheless. Which one was it? Was it the soccer field? Was it the baseball field? Was it the tennis court? Uh, B. That's the baseball field, and I'm sorry that's incorrect. It was soccer. a soccer field. Yes. How do you know that? Because uh, I can see him wearing shin pads and just going to work on himself. He wasn't playing soccer. <laughs> <laughs> he was the goalie. And now you know the rest of the story. Okay. What is this, in the broad daylight? Yeah, all right. I was wearing shorts, and I'll just leave it at that. All right. Was it an accident? No. So dirty. How old were you? Uh, 16 or 17. <laughs> so Way funny. too old to be doing that in broad daylight. Yeah. No, 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 no. I was with the girl. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> sure you are. Really? Nice, man. Was it during school or what? No, it was, uh, it was like a Saturday or something. We were just like hanging out there. And there were a bunch of people like nearby. I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. God damn, you used to be cool. What happened? I have no idea. Hey, hold on. We'll play another person. We'll, we'll finish up your question right here. Who's been on hold the longest? Let's go up here to Mike. Mike, you're in the hideout on JFK. You ready to play? What's up, fellas? What's up, bro? Here Yo. we go. Um, where did Tommy leave his boom? Was it at A, a playground, B, an amusement park, C, the McDonald's kid play area? Oh, my good Lord. Playground, uh, amusement park, McDonald's kid play area. Jesus I'm going to have to say, oh, my God, the McDonald's thangamabobber. <laughs> uh, what was it, Bateman? It was the playground. You're the dis- playground. You're disgusting. Was it man. during recess? No. It was right at the... Were you with a girl during recess? Yes, I was. <laughs> this was last week. How old were you again? It was uh, probably around the same time as the soccer field. And so was this all with the was same Was the chick? girl on recess? Yes. Was it all the same <laughs> chick? At the bottom of the oh. slide. All right, stop. Were you guys all together, though? Was it, uh, was it the same girl? She was just, like, into doing kinky stuff at different places? Not really, but it just sort of happened that way. Damn, dude. Good for you, man. Yeah. Again, you've fallen so far. I know. You were really one of those guys that peaked in high school. Take back. Glory days. And now I hang up on them. Um, from from glory days to glory holes. <laughs> See, Bateman's story. See, Bass, you're in a hideout. Hey, hey guys, what's up? Hey, don't pay attention to that beeping. My cheapest phone's dying, but it, it lasts right. like 10 minutes. All right, we'll play it real quick. We'll okay. get you in and out, bro. Here we go. Um, where has Dubs left his human stain? Here we go. All right. A, in rush hour. B, at a family reunion. C, in a bathroom on a tour bus. Uh, what were, what are the answers again? Okay, A, rush hour, uh-huh. B, family reunion, C, bathroom on a tour bus. Uh, I'm going to say B. At a family reunion. J-Dubs, what was it? I'm sorry, it was A in rush hour. Crap. When did this happen? I, I used to uh, have uh, about a 45-minute uh, to an hour commute to school uh, when I went to Specs Howard School of Broadcast Arts, and... Uh, I, I used to take care of myself during rush hour because we'd be in, I, I would be, not we, I would be in uh, Why traffic. You had a friend with no, you. No, no, but I, I had to drive by myself a couple times, and that's the only times I did it. And the great thing is we had these uh, beautiful mic covers. That you put over a microphone. Yeah, but I put it over my microphone All right. to catch. <laughs> and then I'd be, the way I would use a friend's pillow. Yes, or a sock. 
All right, here we go. Dubs, pick your favorite number. Is your favorite number two, four, or six? Uh, I like four. Four? All right, we'll go to two. <laughs> Mr. Moo, you're in the hideout on JFK. What's up, bro? Hey, what's going on? You ready to play the game? Yeah. All right, here we go. The hideout human stain game, final question of the night. Where has El Jefe left his human stain? A, at a radio station bathroom. B, in a porta potty. C, in a stall at a men's, uh, in a in a men's room in a stall in a bar. Uh, all equally disturbing, but I'll go with A. E, uh, a, a radio station bathroom. I'm sorry, is incorrect. <laughs> is actually a porta potty. And this one, I'm not proud of. Dubs, I've told the story before. Yes. This was when I was married. I did a remote at a nudist camp. And I'm not proud of this story at all. I wouldn't be either because the people at this nudist camp were not lookers. Now, you weren't at this one. Erod was with me. And I'm not kidding, dude. I had a chick come up to me. And she was hot. I went to that same one. I know you the did. The next day. I know you did. You went, to, you went the next day? Yeah, we had uh, two days in a row. I went out there with Shafee. And she said she would do all kinds of things to me. She was nude. She was touching my leg. She was begging me to knock the bottom out. And I, just, I couldn't. I just couldn't. But I was. What happened to your whole speech of we're all animals and I don't believe it? Well, I believe that now. But I was so worked up at the time. I, I, cause, cause I was a, on the verge of, I kick, I took her away, I kicked her away, I started chatting with my buddy, I was like, I can't believe this, this is the greatest thing ever, I love radio. And then at, finally I was like, I'm gonna go do it, screw it, I'm gonna go do it. And, and he was like, no man, no, just take care of yourself, bro, just take care of yourself and you'll feel better, you'll feel so guilty. So, while Steppenwolf was playing, <laughs> cause it was a concert, while Born to be Wilds in the background, I find a porta potty and uh, punch the clown, and that's why I've left my human stain somewhere in southern Michigan in a porta potty. And you know what? That porta potty was probably used by a woman, naked woman, after that, and you have some little chud baby running around because it <laughs> because it went from a point A to point B while being in a porta potty. You'll never be able to prove it. All right. Here we go. Uh, hey, give Bill and Kevin some for holding on so long. You guys are winners in the hideout. Make sure we hook them up with something back there in the back. Um, that's it. We'll see you tomorrow night. J-Dub's getting his tattoo from our buddy Kenny, uh, Kenny from uh, Honky Tonk Tattoo. HonkyTonkTattoo.com. What is it going to be again, J-Dub? It's going to be the uh, Detroit Lions logo with Super Bowl Champions 2005 written underneath it. Hold on. One quick call before we get out. Steve, you're in the hideout on JFK. You're W, you're a fag. Who's that? Steve, you're a fag, Dubs. Why? Why is Dubs there? I saw you making out with some guy the other night. I saw it. I swear, you're all into it. Was he wearing a J-Dubs hat? No, he was wearing no shirt. I don't know. It's at some gay club. <laughs> That's him. That was, that, that was me. That was you, dude. You're both Congratulations. You were at the gay club, too. All right. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with No, that. but if you're going to call him, call me a fag, don't right. be at the gay club with me. All right, we're out of here. Until uh, tomorrow night, we'll see you. We're out. 5,000. 5,000. I'm a big mo. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a gay homosexual. We need to feel the gay.
I'm on the gay side. I'm a big mo. I'm on the gay side. We need to feel the gay. Yeah, I'm 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 a gay homosexual. Doug. I'm a big mo. I'm a big mo. Bow wow, new sounds. Bow wow, new sounds. I'm a big mo. Oh, so you feel so good. I'm on the gay side. How good is you? How good is you? I'm on the gay side. I'm a big mo. We need to feel the gay. Yeah, I'm 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 a gay homosexual. Shut up, Tubbs. Shut up, Tubbs. Shut up, Tubbs. Hi, this is Troy Aikman. Hey, you're tuning in to the hideout with Hefe and J-Dub. This is Fred Smooth, Washington Redskins. I be smacking my hoes, and everyone knows it goes. Kick them to the floor, step on them hard, step on them hard. Kick them to the floor, cause I, I be smacking my hoes. I be smacking my hoes. I be smacking my hoes. I'm a big mo. I'm not interested. I don't.